0: Let's grab a seat, guys. You guys are patiently waiting for that third song, though. I liked that. That was, that was impressive. Dan, how's he trained? Well. Hey, let's pray before we get into things tonight. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for a chance to look into your scripture for wisdom to live out this life the best way possible lord we pray that your holy spirit would be here and speak to us each as we need spoken to you lord and just speak into our situations lord i pray tonight for <clears throat> each and every person in this room in our varying walks of life lord you know what we're going through you know what we need and i pray that you would supply that tonight in some some very specific way for us so lord we pray and ask for your presence, and we trust that you are here with us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got a quick question that I want you guys to talk about for just a minute before we get into the message tonight, and it's this. What's something that you know is good for you? Like you're thoroughly convinced that it's good for you, but you have not been convinced enough that you've made it a part of your life in some way, okay? What's something that you know is good for you, true, would be beneficial for your life, but you haven't made it a part of your life, okay? Try it maybe uh, the church stuff, let's try to think outside of church stuff, because I think we've all got those things, but outside of church stuff, okay? Go. Okay everyone, I wanna hear I wanna hear some responses to this question because I hope I'm not alone with the ones that I have. Anybody can just shout out your stuff. Vegetables and working out. Vegetables and working out, okay, good. Everybody knows gotta get your veggies in, but yeah, that's that's on my list, so check. Not alone, okay, anybody else? Sleeping? Really? Okay. Sleep is good for you for sure. Okay, anybody else? Reading, okay, good, yeah, definitely good. That's a hard one. How about a lady? That was all the things? There's the gym, okay. Schoolwork, yeah, yeah, schoolwork is, yeah definitely. There's so many things, aren't there? there? There's probably more that we could think of. A lot of us have them. The reason I didn't want you to talk about, you know, reading your Bible and stuff, because that's, that's the truth, too. It's a hard truth. that There's so many things in our lives that we know that we ought to do, and it's just hard to make it a habit to do them. I know I, I for one, yeah, the vegetable thing is definitely a, a problem. When you become an adult and you get to pick what you eat, and it's like, I'm not going to go buy vegetables, you know? Thankfully, I have a spouse who does, and then force feeds me vegetables but uh anybody else have you guys heard any of the science on like the cold showers, cold plunging stuff like that? anybody done that seems awful to me, but I know like it's the same thing for me. I'm like, I see these people, everybody in the on the planet apparently does it, but i I'm not willing to do that i'm you could tell me all day long about the benefits of it i'm just I'm just not gonna do it, right? It's just too just too, it's asking far too much of me. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not alone with some of those things. The, all those things are, yeah, definitely like, we know what's good for us in so many ways, and it's just hard to take that step. So, as we're getting into what we're talking about tonight, I wanted to bring up a story from Scripture, and hopefully we can make the connection between that question, this Scripture, and the rest of the message tonight. So, the Scripture, the story, really, I want to talk to you guys about is um, from Daniel chapter 3. Does anybody know what happens in Daniel chapter 3? Just off the top of your head? Just know stuff? The dream? Uh, Dan- Yeah, close. So so Daniel chapter 3 is uh most of it, the part that we're going to focus on, what I'm going to tell you about is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Ever heard those weird names before? Okay, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let me give you some context for this story. I'll just go over the story really quick. Most of you probably know it. So Daniel, the guy who wrote the book of Daniel, and then his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, are, they live in Jerusalem. And unfortunately for them, uh, a king from a, another part of the world. In Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar comes and he he destroys all Jerusalem. He takes takes many of the people captive and brings them back to Babylon, kills many people. It's a bad deal, okay? Sh- Daniel, Sh- Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are more than likely teenagers at the time that this happens, okay? They're like it, giving a generous uh, estimation. They're your guys' age. More than likely, likely they're like the junior hires age, like 13, 14, 15 years old is what some people think, okay? So could you imagine that? Just imagine that for a second. If you, in modern context, were like, this is not gonna happen, just easy, but like if China were to invade America, kill a whole bunch of people, and they took a whole bunch of teenagers, young people from America, shipped them over to China. And this is what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to do. They had to learn the literature, the culture, the government, and the religions of this new place that they were taken to, all of which were different to the way that they grew up, the way that they understood the world. Could you imagine having to do that? I mean, let alone having to learn a new language they have to basically what they're doing is being like brainwashed or they're basically getting like an undergraduate degree in this whole other culture It would be crazy crazy scenario okay. All throughout that, and they, they stick with God. They, they proclaim their faithfulness to God in numerous ways, even in the first two chapters of Daniel, which tell, yeah, just amazing stories. That I'd encourage you guys to read them. But chapter three comes along, and it's just at this point in the story, it's just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king is up to his newest uh, kind of shenanigans, and he builds this giant golden tower. And he says that any time that I have my royal bands play music, everybody in the whole, whole city, but really it's a, it's a metaphor for all of the land that he has conquered, everybody has to bow down and worship this image that I made um, to, to worship it. And it's basically saying, like, worship me, worship my gods, don't worship whatever you used to worship. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these these teenagers in this foreign land being brainwashed into this other way of life, they they don't do it, right? You probably know the story. They, they are the only people in this vast crowd you can imagine not bowing down and worshiping this thing. It's crazy, crazy to think about. Do you think when you were in junior high you would have had the guts to do something like that, let alone, like, say something that would be embarrassing to yourself in front of your friends, like, this is, like, a huge show of, like, devotion to God, which we, I think we all have little ways that we can do it along the way, and we often let them slip by, but these three teenagers, this is, this is the point, These three teenagers found it worth sticking with the faith they knew was true, even in such a scenario. Okay, and it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that they then got a slap on the wrist. They got brought before King Nebuchadnezzar, and he gives them a second chance. He goes, "All right, guys. I know. I know you didn't bow down before, but they actually had worked their way up in the ranks in his government because they were so smart and just did things the right way. They did things God's way under." underneath this king and so he gives him another chance and he says i'm going to let the band play one more time you're going to have one more shot to bow down and worship it if not i'm going to throw you in this giant fire that i have here okay when people didn't do what you wanted them to do in that day just toss them in the bonfire okay that's what they did so uh shadrach meshach and abednego don't give in obviously if they're not going to give in the first time now even under threat of death some of us might with that added pressure go okay Maybe I'm going to start thinking about doing this, right? And maybe I'm going to give in to this pressure a little bit, but that's not what they do. In fact, they, they just go, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're just, we aren't even going to defend ourselves. They said, if you want to do that, and that's what you're going to do, and God's going to allow it, he might get us out of it, our God might get us out of it, and even if he doesn't, we're not going to deny him. We're not going to bow down and worship this idol, it's amazing when you think about that from teenage kids they were they were so committed to following God even in a different world without any support from like we don't I don't think we realize how much support we have even in a place like Gillette but from our school to our families to here at church they, did, they had none of that they had one another they had three four buddies that were together some of the time probably but they stuck with God under threat of death they they just found it worth following God and that's that's amazing to me. They found it worth it in their context. And so what I want to talk about tonight is do we think it's worth it to follow Jesus still? Okay? Cuz I think that we all probably know, we all have eyes and ears and access to the internet and know what people think about Christians today, right? Lots of people are dissatisfied with the way that Christians have done things and live their lives. And I I think there's a lot of people, most of those people who dislike Christianity. I don't think they say much about it. They just quietly live their lives. But there's a small portion of them who are really loud and really outspoken about it. And it seems like they're all over the place. I don't think that's quite true. So we don't need to be afraid necessarily. But the reality is our world is not just abounding in people who follow the God that we follow, right? We all understand that, don't we? And so we've got to try to figure out living our lives. One, am I going to live it the way he wants me to? If not, you know, go, go along the other way. We'll talk about that in a minute. But here's what, here's what I'm thinking, you guys. We've got to get to a point where um, if we think it's worth it, if we've had all the evidence laid before us, there's got to be a point where we go, okay, I'm going to do something about it. I think... It, an error maybe that we get into and it's not something, uh, I don't think it happens here, but an error that we get into just in the life of trying to follow God. We talk a lot about all the stuff that we shouldn't do, right? We talk a lot about the stuff that we should avoid, which is very, very necessary. We need to tell each other. We need to have a group understanding about what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Here's what I think happens though sometimes when we say with your parents right now i'm sure some of you are not in a good place with your parents because your parents are spending most of their communication with you telling you a whole bunch of stuff you can't do right we all have experienced that and i don't want i don't want you to get that sense from church i don't want you someday to go church to me was just a burden all i was told was that it was just like avoid all these things that was it go out into the real world and figure it out okay so tonight i want to talk about the benefits, okay? The benefits of living your life walking with God because it's so important to realize that there's like, there's good that is meant to come from your relationship with God. It's not all just about avoid this, don't do that, don't go there, don't talk to these kind of people. It's not like that, okay? We need to think about the positive aspects of it because I think if we miss those, we're missing the whole point. If we miss those, we're missing out on the joy, the fullness that Jesus wants to give us, okay? So we're going to talk about five benefits. There, there are no number to the benefits, I think, of following Jesus. There's no, there's no way to quantify it. We're going to talk about five of them because I just picked, like, the ones that came to my head as I was talking to God, trying to figure out, okay, what, what on earth could I give them to try to get them to see, like, okay, there's something good about it. There's something positive about this faith that I'm wondering about trying to live out today, too, okay? So I'm going to tell you five things five benefits and within them talk about how we miss miss out on those benefits if we don't accept the to walk the way that god wants us to so the first one is first benefit is a trustworthy path trustworthy path okay here's the problem with our world we have choice overload we have like a decision overload in every area of your life here's here's how i know that has anybody been down a cereal aisle lately My wife hates going down them with me because I avoid the vegetables Love the cereal aisle, okay? And and I take a long time to decide on my cereal because I, it's a hard decision, right? They're all, they, I saw something the other day and it was, I don't know if this is true or not, but how the eyes all look down because the little kids look up and I was like, works on me and I'm taller than the boxes, I don't know. But I, I get like anxiety in the cereal aisle because I'm looking at a hundred, it's more than a hundred, I'm looking at all these boxes of cereal. And that's a funny illustration for it, but the reality is like how we go about living our lives, the, the, the morals that we live by, how we decide what's right and wrong, everything in our lives today is like, we've got a thousand options for how I'm gonna do this, how I'm gonna walk this out, how am I gonna choose to live my life? And it's, it's overwhelming. So the, the benefit of following Jesus, following what the, the God the Bible tells us about, is that this is a trustworthy path okay the bible says in psalm 119 verse 105 your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path we need a way forward. We need to figure out a way to go through this life. And there's, there's different messages that you will experience throughout your life. You're already experiencing them. You're already hearing them about how to get the most out of life, how to live the best life possible, how to live the good life, how to have a full life. There's, everybody's trying to convince you that doing a cold plunge every day is going to get you there, Right? Everybody's got, there's another option every single day. We all get bombarded with all these things, and it's so hard and it can just overwhelm us, especially at your guys' age, I think, as you're looking towards, some of you I know aren't there yet, but those of you who are looking towards like, okay, I'm leaving home in a couple years, I might go to college, I might go to work, whatever, it's like when the world's, when you start to open up your eyes that you can live anywhere you want, do any kind of job you want, live in any situation you want, once you're out of your parents' house, you, I can just I have all this freedom and whatever. It's great, but all those options start to weigh down on you at the same time. The way of Jesus, which is, that's what Jesus calls it. His, his way, right, is a time-tested and a firm, foundationed path, a trustworthy path. We have centuries and centuries worth of people's lives that we can look at that have been recorded, who have chosen to live life according to God's way. And it's worked out. They have got the results of that, walking that path, and it's a full life. They, they tell us about it. And meanwhile, then the rest of the world tries all these different things. And I think, I think the problem with all the options the world gives you is you just keep searching and searching and searching until you die. And then it's like they think they get this sort of release. Whereas Christians, you walk the path and you get to experience some of the goodness that awaits you in heaven here and now. That's a good path to go on. Imagine you're going to hike somewhere up in the bighorns, and there you you either can take a map that you know has been recorded, somebody, somebody who draws maps and, and does uh, what's it called? Cart- cartography. Thanks, Travis. I knew it started with a that sound. Okay. A cartographer drew the way to get to this lake or this summit or whatever, or you could just take the advice of somebody off the internet about how to get there. They might get you in like the basic general direction, but I would like a compass and a map, right? I would like to know how other people who have gotten to that place have got there. I don't want to just take it, like some random persons from across the world's opinion about how to get to a lake in the bighorns like I want to know somebody who's been there and been there and been there or thousands and thousands of people have been there right that's that's what we get when we follow Jesus you have a trustworthy path that you can you can like trust in in the guarantee that you're going to get the benefits that await you in heaven here and now some of them you 'll get a taste of it and I think for me that 's where it all begins that 's where these benefits begin I want a taste of the goodness that awaits me one day in heaven as much as I can right now, right? The second benefit, you get belonging in a community. We live in the most connected time in all of the world, and we are the loneliest people in all of time. Isn't that weird? Isn't that funny? How we can sit and we have these phones that we can learn literally anything on. We can communicate with anybody and we just, we just leave ourselves and we have a mass problem with just people who are lonely, people who don't feel like they belong, who don't feel like they fit in places. When you follow Jesus, when you walk with him, you get the benefit of you automatically are allowed to fit into this family at church. And here's, here's what I need to tell you. A true healthy family, it might not be one that you experience at your home, but a true family that the church is meant to be says this. It says that even if there's differences between you and I, we all still belong. Okay, there's certain things that we are on the same page about and those are the things that matter. All the other things, they don't matter so much. We can get along in this family because we have a relationship that's based upon something much, much stronger, much, much bigger. And we need each other. The Bible calls its church, it calls the people of God, it, it likens us to a body. We all play a different part. We all, play, we all bring something else to the table, and we need one another to be a functioning body, okay? Okay? This is what God said when he first made Adam, okay? This is in the book of Genesis. When he had just only created Adam, Eve had not been created yet. This was God's uh, assessment of Adam on his own. It is not good for him to be alone, okay? Okay? That was, it was the first thing that God, re- it, he was good, his creation was good, Adam was made as he was supposed to be, but it was not good for him to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. We need help through this life. Even us introverts, I'm, I'm like major introverts, okay? Anybody else an introvert? You're not going to raise your hand because <laughs> we're introverts, right? But even us introverts, we need other people in our lives. We need help we need support. We need the love of other people. We need the prayers of other people to get through this life. We, we get the privilege to belong in a family, in a community, when we walk the way of Jesus. So you have belonging in a community. The third benefit is you get true freedom. Freedom to most people today is do whatever you want. Do whatever feels good. Get everything, every bit of satisfaction and good feeling out of this life that you can. What the Bible calls that is being a slave, okay? I, I talked about slavery to sin to the junior hires, and I was like, came at it with a persuasive tone of like, I'm going to convince you guys that you are slaves, and they were all like, we're not slaves. It was funny. Uh, you had to be there, apparently. Um, but we're slaves, Right? We, it, we, I think you guys have got enough understanding to realize that when you just do whatever you want, you're, you're not actually living with freedom. You're actually having like bad effects from just fill, filling every desire you have in any which way that you want to fulfill those desires. Resurrected life means death to self. The way of Jesus says you don't get to just do whatever you want to do, and that is the way to true freedom. This is what the Gospel of John says. This is what Jesus says about this. He says, "Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son, meaning Jesus, sets you free, you will be free indeed." That's in John 8:36. We want to be free like the real kind of free, right? I don't, want to be, I don't want to be free in the sense that I just get to do whatever I want. I want to be free in the sense that God tells me I'm free because it's his will that we don't have some burdenous life, this, this weighted down life because we, we are living with the results of sin in our body, in our mind, in our soul, just weighing us down all the time. I don't want to live that way. Let me tell you something. When you're an adult and you can eat cookies all the time, as many as you want for dinner just doesn't work out like you thought it would, you know. You guys are smart enough to realize that. That's the basic point, though, is just doing whatever you want all the time. It's not as good as it's cracked up to be. It's not as good as, it, as you thought it would be when you were six years old and you thought that would be the best thing ever. It's not as good. You end up, feeling, you end up with a tummy ache and who knows what else, you know. It's just bad news. Funny thing is, uh, this, is, this is sort of related. I looked up like the general health of people who are, faith, are part of a faith group, a Christian group, versus people who don't live as a part of, a don't have any sort of faith in their life. And, and by far and away in this study, it was like people who live with some sort of faith are, are just literally physically healthier than people who don't. There's something to living life God's way. I think it's freedom, right? He he wants us to uh, have an abundant life. He wants us to flourish in life, and if we do it his way, I'm going to bet that it'll probably happen for most of us. Fourth benefit is you receive influence through your prayers. At best, the world is going to tell you that your your whole existence is just like circumstantial, like you you just kind of were an accident. You're, you're an amazing little accident that happened somehow. Um, and I just don't, I just plain don't believe that. I believe that you were created, you were crafted by God with special purpose, which I'm skipping ahead, but you were, you were crafted by God. And so if you don't believe that there's some sort of purpose behind your life, you're also not going to believe that you could like influence the world at all. Maybe you could believe that you'll influence the world by being an activist or something like that, or having a loud voice and having a real strong mission that you live for. Um, Sure, but I I truly believe that if we got a hold of this thing, we would, like, I, I recently have had a new opening of my mind to the reality that God listens to my prayers and, like, He can answer them. It's an amazing reality. When you pray something and you pray something specific, ask God to work in your life and it actually happens. It's like it's like a life cheat code. You're like, oh my goodness. And it's not that every prayer gets answered, right? But when you realize that this, this wasn't gonna happen, this wasn't on my radar, but I asked God for it and it happened, it's an amazing thing. Um, and the funny thing is, I think people who don't even believe in God are starting to realize there's something to prayer. Here's how I know I read an article just recently about a lady in the UK who was standing silently by herself outside of an abortion clinic praying. She was arrested for standing alone outside of an abortion clinic praying. Not even, not even on their property. She wasn't doing anything wrong. There was no law that she was breaking. So what they said that she was doing was this. This is the language that the, art, the article write-up used. She was wielding silent influence over that area. And I was like, you guys don't even believe in prayer. You don't even believe in God. And, and they're claiming she's somehow doing something amazing and powerful by just standing there praying. You guys got to realize, like, I think that's the truth. When you pray for not just yourself, but other things in the world, it, God hears it, and he, and he can use it. Sometimes in the Bible, in Scripture, thing, history is going one way. Somebody prays something, and God turns it the way that it was asked to go. You guys got to realize that. I hope that you guys will start praying. The more, the, the, there's something to man, many Christians praying. There's something to more of us praying that, that does something God hears us. We've got to get it wrapped around in our minds that God hears the prayers of his children. This is what it says in Mark, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Not trying to claim that everything you ask God for is going to happen. He's not a vending machine. He's not a genie. That's not how it works, but you ought to just try. You ought to just do what Jesus asks us to do and ask and seek and knock. And if something's weighing on your heart that you want to see happen, keep on praying for it and see what happens. See what happens. If you don't knock, you're never gonna know. It's like like if you don't go check your mailbox, You might not realize that there's mail in there. It's the same kind of concept, right? If I just never, ever look at it, I'm never going to know if I got anything in the mail. If you never pray, never pray for specific things over your life, you might never know what God would have wanted to do. So God listens to his children's requests. That's a huge benefit for you guys. And the last one I have is personal calling. Benefit of following Jesus is that he calls you. Here's the problem in our world. Just about everybody thinks their job and their hobby and their habits and their friends is who they are, okay? It becomes your identity without God. You have an identity outside of school and what sport you play and what you're good at. There's there's an identity God has given you all. God commanded in Genesis for Adam and Eve to rule over the world and subdue it. That's a, that's a general calling over each and every one of us to create, to love others. There's all these different ways that God calls us to live this life. And they're all, they're all general and they're all different, right? Going back to the body idea, we're all different, we all have been made different ways. There's those crazy ones of you who are extroverts and then there are no, us normal introverts, right? There are the people who are good at artistic things. There are those of us who can't draw a stick figure, okay? There's, we're all just made different. We all are given different skills, different interests, different abilities. God uses all of those. It's his will, it's his desire deep down within him to see us realize what he's called us to and to walk in that way. This is what Matthew 9.13 says, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. That's something that we need to get a hold of too. Because some of us think all of this stuff, for all of these benefits, some of us probably think, okay, That's great for Christians to to have a trustworthy path, to have a community, have prayer and all these things, but I'm not that good of a person, and so it's probably not for me. The reason Jesus came was to call not the righteous people, but to call sinners to walk along this path. He's saying, okay, you might not be walking on this path to the place that you are wanting to go. Get on it now. Just come get on it now. It doesn't matter what you did before. You've got to realize God can call you later in life. Your pastor, Dan Knutes, is a prime example of this. He, he didn't live with God for longer than I've been alive, and yet he, he just listened. He just listened, and, and God came into his life and did something and called him to something. That's amazing, and he wants to do that for all of us, you guys. I think he's calling you right now. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he waits. If you're in this room, I think he's calling you right now. I think you are probably growing an idea of what God might want you to do in your life. And I'm not saying like you got to pick your college major when you're in high school or like just out of high school that's scary okay i uh uh honesty moment i'm not using my college degree okay it's not it's not always going to work out that way but i think he's he's shaping in you an idea of what he wants you to do what can you do for god that's a much easier question to answer than what are you going to do for your job? Who are you going to marry? Where are you going to live? So all those other things, those will fall into place. What are you going to do for God? I believe he's probably calling you in some way today, not just not down the road in the future. Here's what we've got to realize. God doesn't, call, doesn't create just this army of soulless robots and plop them all in the same building every Sunday, okay? We're meant to, like, figure out what God wants for us. Like, get close to the heart of God for me and, and figure out what I'm supposed to do, what he would like me to do and just walk, just take a, take a tiny little step in that direction and see what happens. He wants your heart to, like, be in what you do. He, wa- he wants you to have an interest, a vested interest in whatever it is he's going to call. It. He's going to call you to something where it's like, I know that's what I'm supposed to do. So keep an eye out for those things. Here's, here's the reality. Those are five benefits, but we are fighting an uphill battle in our world. Like we said at the beginning, people don't love Christians in our world, okay? At school, you're experiencing people every day who are very ambivalent towards us, maybe even like actively or like, no, Christians are whack, whatever it is, okay? We're walking upstream, But God is always on the side of his faithful few, okay? Time and time again, throughout scripture and throughout history, when tiny bands of people who want to follow God and want to walk that path and want to live in community, when they just keep on doing those things, God is on the side of those people. So we have him on our side. Let me prove it to you. You guys, we just... Finished uh, celebrating Easter a couple of weeks ago, right? You guys have good Easter messages from what I heard of. We know the reality of Easter. Here's the reality for these benefits I talked to you about tonight. Here's the reality. Jesus calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. He's a a trustworthy person, and he calls himself the way. To walk the way of Jesus, that's a trustworthy path. Jesus unites those who belong nowhere else around a meal representing his body and his blood that you guys took on your Easter celebration here on Wednesday night, right? He unites you guys. You guys might have differences among you, you might have people you don't get along with in here. The reality is we've got to let that go for Jesus' sake. He, he wants you to be united, and it's a gift to you guys to belong in a place like this. Jesus died for that right for us, and Jesus has broken the shackles of sin by laying down his life in the most brutal death imaginable. That's how we get freedom. It's not that we worked hard and we got our own freedom. He did it for us. Honor Jesus by living a free life. He freed you. Might as well live in freedom, right? Jesus prays. He intercedes for you right now at the right hand of the Father, and he listens to the prayers that you whisper to him all alone, at night, in your car, wherever you're at. Do you realize that? You got direct access. Somehow through the fall of man, sin infecting every single thing and everything we've ever known, but God kept the line of communication between him and us open. Better take advantage of it, right? Finally, Jesus still calls each disciple individually and asks them to use their life to show other people what he's like. Are you using your life to show other people what he's like? That's your calling. These are your benefits. They're right here. Will you, will you take them? Do you want to take them? I think that we'd probably all agree, like, yeah, like I want, I want that taste of what my future and eternity with God will be like. I want a taste of that eternal life. It's just a matter of choosing it. Let's pray, and then we'll talk in our small groups. Heavenly Father, pray that you would let these things sink deep into our hearts and minds. Let it become reality. Let us be convinced enough to make walking in your way, a part of our life, Lord, and whatever that looks like, I pray that you would give us each an idea of what that looks like for us, something practical, something small, a small step to walk into your calling, to access you and the influence you give us in prayer, whatever it is, Lord, you're speaking to us, and I trust that. So Lord, I just pray over these young people, that they would be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they would find following you worth it in the face of whatever it is that we'll experience. Lord, let us remember the truth that you give us in your scripture, that you're for us. If we're in that remnant, if we're in that small, seemingly insignificant group of people who still believe what you say, Lord, we just trust that you are on our side. And so we pray that, pray confidence over these young people's hearts in Jesus' name tonight. Amen got a small group questions and you guys can pray when you're all done with those to close the night thank you